Kiana Arden hurries down the hallway away from the Radiant Council lab, leaving Wolf behind. As she goes, she thinks about the last few moments and how free she feels. She's carried this knot of hate and vengeance for her old friend Havoc for so long now. And having just released it, given it up, she feels like a new person. As she hurries down the hall towards the cargo bay where these two syndicate of infinite raven saboteurs are being held, she feels hope for the first time in years. Hope that her life won't be consumed by hatred and a search for revenge. As she takes the lift to the cargo level, there's a small voice in the back of her head that says, what if this was all an illusion? What if Wolf leaves her behind again? She can't go back to hating Wolf. She can't go back to the way things were. She has to move forward. And she squashes that voice, saying to herself, no, Wolf wouldn't do that. She won't leave me behind. We're getting out of here together. And so she makes her way to the cargo level where these two saboteurs are being held. And as she approaches, the soldiers who are holding them come to attention. And she says to the ranking officer, Lieutenant, those two are coming with me. The lieutenant says, I have orders to hold them for interrogation. And Arden says, yes, I'll be the one doing the interrogation. Hand them over in my custody. The lieutenant says, of course, Operative Arden. Uh, where would you like us to take them for you? She shakes her head and says, that won't be necessary. Your mission is to guard this cargo bay. I'll take them from here. She draws out her sword, gestures to the two saboteurs and says, get up. And if you try anything, I will make this hurt. They look at each other, look at the ground, and both stand from where they have been forced to their knees. Arden turns to the soldiers and says, you've done well, carry on. Turns and leads the two saboteurs out through the door. They walk down the hallway a short distance. And then Arden says, all right, stop there. The two stop and kind of look at each other again. And Arden steps forward closer to them and says, I was sent by Wolf to get you out. There's a, a look of confusion passing over their faces. And then Arden says, uh, uh, yes, uh, Havoc. Havoc sent me to get you out. They look at her and one of them says, Havoc sent you? I thought you were with the enemy. Arden nods and says, I can understand why you'd think that. But in this case, I'm with Havoc. I'm taking you to the docking bay, to your ship, 
and then we're all going to get out of here. So don't give me any trouble. I'm going to unlock these restraints. They look at each other, then back to her, and nod. Arden sheathes her sword, looks both ways. There's no one in this ancillary passageway. And she deactivates the bindings holding their wrists together. She takes those and pockets them and says, Come on, let's get off of this station. And the three of them head towards the docking bay. Welcome back for another episode of Errant Adventures, the solo actual play podcast where stories are told at the speed of dice. With me, Steve Morrison, your game master and solo player. Now come on, let's grab the dice and see where our story goes. Welcome back for another episode of Season 3, Cry Havoc. Last time, Wolf and Vanguard face off in a duel. The first exchange goes in Wolf's favor as she seriously bruises Vanguard's pauldron-covered shoulder. As Vanguard recovers, Wolf once again makes a plea for peace. Vanguard refuses, but hesitates. Wolf continues talking, and eventually Vanguard shares what happened to their old team. Wolf puts her sword away and pleads for Vanguard to make a different choice. She does, and the two are tearfully reconciled. Vanguard introduces herself as Kiana Arden and warns Wolf about the two captured saboteurs. She offers to go get them out if Wolf will help her get off the station. Wolf agrees. They go their separate ways, and Wolf reaches the lab just as a firefight is underway between the Syndicate and the Azure Court soldiers. She enters the fight and outflanks Commander Volkov. He tries to shoot her, but his laser pistol is dead. Everyone else's weapons have stopped working as well. Volkov tries to fight her with his stun baton, but she easily bests him. He surrenders. Wolf and Dr. Winter work to seal the hole punched in the lab containment, but the whole glass panel shatters increasing the energy drain on the station. Warned against the dangers, Wolf tells everyone else to get out, seals her suit, damaged though it is, and heads into the chamber to manually seal the crystal away in a Faraday cage. She manages to achieve that, while barely holding on to the last shreds of consciousness. And once it is sealed away, she slumps against the wall, darkness closing in as a blurry figure approaches. After that exciting conclusion to last episode i think we can talk a little bit about progress we were sitting at six out of ten progress on our vow to help free the radiant council from azure court captivity and so i think we can go ahead and mark progress on our vow taking us up to eight out of ten boxes of progress as the azure court soldiers have been defeated and the Radiant Council have been freed, they haven't quite escaped the station yet, so I don't know that it's time to fulfill the vow, but they are at least in a good position to. But this brings up a question that I think we should talk about for a second. Wolf has risked her life to deactivate this crystal that was draining the power from the station. Not only did it drain the power from the station, but it also drained the power from their weapons, and Because of that, Commander Volkov surrendered. But Wolf passes out after she goes into the chamber and and seals away the crystal in that Faraday cage. 
the question is, are there enough Azure Court soldiers to then fight back against the syndicate because none of them have weapons. So they're all going to be hand to hand. And I think the swaying factor for Commander Volkov in surrendering is the fact that Wolf was conscious and upright with Deathmaker, her sword, her iron blade. And she has proven that she can handle a whole squad of Azure Court soldiers by herself with that sword. But with her Slipping into unconsciousness, is there a chance that the Azure Court are going to try and overpower the Syndicate Toughs and Quickdraw? When we started this, I said that there were about a dozen Azure Court soldiers in the labs, and they've already dealt with four of them. And I don't think it's likely that the other eight were all in this lab with these scientists. So I think there are probably like three shifts. You got, you know, four, four, and four. So I think it's likely that there are really only were four Azure Court soldiers here, plus Commander Volkov. And then you have on the other side, Quick Draw and, you know, a half dozen other Syndicate Toughs. So going into that fight, the Syndicate would have outnumbered the Azure Court. And so because of that, I think it's unlikely that the Azure Court are going to rise up and try to overpower the Syndicate while Wolf is unconscious. But I think it's enough of a risk that it's worth rolling because that will probably change the situation that Wolf wakes to. So let's go ahead and ask the Oracle. I think it's unlikely, so that is 25 or less. Here we go. 97 on the dice, so very much a no. So I think then we can turn our attention to Wolf. She saw that blurry figure approaching her as she was falling into unconsciousness. Let's envision what happens next. Wolf wakes with a start, and immediately her hand goes to the hilt of her sword. Some instinct, some deeply held reaction triggers and she grabs her sword and starts to draw it out as there is a figure standing over her. But a hand reaches down and presses on her wrist and for a moment prevents her from drawing the blade out. And it's in that moment that her vision resolves and she sees Dr. Yelena Winter standing over her, looking down at her. Wolf blinks and says, Dr. Winter, did did I get it locked away? Yes, Wolf, you did great. I'm very sorry that you had to do that. I am trying to determine if there's any ill effects, but I don't have, ironically enough, very good scanning equipment in the lab here. Please hold still, though. And she's waving a wand over Wolf's body and looking at a small handheld computer as she does so. Wolf blinks again, releases her hand on Deathmaker and, and looks past Dr. Winter out into the rest of the lab where Quickdraw and the other syndicate have captured the Azure Court soldiers and are holding them under guard. So let's ask the Oracle. Is Wolf suffering some extended effects from 
exposure to this crystal, I think it is 50-50. She was wearing a suit, but the suit itself was uh, damaged before she came in here. So whether or not it had full effectiveness, it's hard to say. But uh, I think we can say it's 50-50 on this Ask the Oracle. 28 is a yes. So yes, she is suffering some further effects. Okay, that is interesting. There's an anomaly effect table that I don't think I've ever rolled on. Meddling with alien artifacts or forbidden magic may put you at the mercy of chaos. Use this table to resolve the effects of ancient tech, rituals, or other strange forces. I feel like this is quite appropriate. So why don't we roll on the anomaly effect table? 63 nullifies or destroys equipment or devices. Interesting. So I think there's an obvious piece of equipment that it could nullify or destroy, which is her suit that her suit will not work again. It's whatever the seals were on it have been damaged enough and destroyed, but that's almost a little too easy because she can just get another EV suit. So I have another thing in mind, another piece of equipment that it may have damaged. So I want to roll another Ask the Oracle and I'm going to set this at, I think it's a likely. So 75 or less. 35 is a yes. So Wolf is regaining consciousness and Dr. Winter finishes the scan and says, I think you're all right as far as I can tell. There's some residual energy signatures in your skeletal structure, but I think that those will resolve themselves in time. For the meantime, just rest a little bit. I think you'll be all right. Wolf smiles and says, Rest, Doctor. Uh, I'll do my best to rest, but uh, maybe not until after we're off Skoroko Station. And she rouses herself and stands up. And as she does so, she feels a shift at her side. And she hears a clatter of iron on the deck plate. And she looks down and she sees the hilt of Deathmaker laying on the metal floor. And she looks at the scabbard that she wears on her side. And there is liquid iron. And it's it's warped and changed as she looks at it watches as it sloughs away and the iron spills out not molten hot but cold and yet still liquid somehow and she stares at the remains of her sword the weapon that in many ways embodied her existence as havoc. And she stares down at the remnants of her past. And I think she looks at it for a, a long moment. And then she crouches down and she picks up the hilt, which is twisted and gnarled. She didn't notice it when she tried to draw it, but this is not Deathmaker anymore. It's a broken relic of a time that is now gone. 
for a moment, Wolf seeing that feels this sense of loss and mourning as she stares at this remnant of her past. And then she takes it and sticks it into her bag and it's almost as though a weight is lifted from her. And she says to herself, maybe it's best that Deathmaker's final duel brought life instead of death. And then she looks up at Dr. Winter, who has been observing her through this whole process. And she smiles and says, Dr. Winter, I've come back to get you out. What say we leave this place? Dr. Winter nods and looks over at her researchers who are kind of gathered in the, in the back corner and says, I think we would all appreciate that, yes. Wolf then looks back at the device and says, Before we go, maybe we should destroy this. Unfortunately or fortunately, Deathmaker is no more, which is sad. But also, Wolf can move on from here. So we've got this device. Unfortunately, I think all of the tools and everything that Quickdraw and the others brought with them are drained of power. So they could spend some time trying to recharge the weapons, but that, I think, leads to a potential for some of the Azure Court soldiers who are still here to come looking for them. So they want to get moving pretty quickly. So I think Dr. Winter probably planned for something like this and so has built in a failsafe that will melt the components inside or, or in some way damage or destroy the device so that it will no longer be functional. So I think she goes ahead and enters that sequence and then a couple of the researchers come in and grab the case that has the crystal in it because they can't just leave that here. Like that is far too dangerous to leave behind in Azure court hands. And then once that's all done, uh, I think they are going to leave the lab and quick draw. And the others are in favor of let's say disposing of the Azure court soldiers that they've captured. But Wolf is very clear that she promised Commander Volkov that he and his men would not come to harm. So they're going to tie them up and then seal them inside the lab as they make their way out. We've got Quickdraw and the Syndicate crew, Wolf, Dr. Winter, and her researchers, and they are headed out of the research lab towards the docking bay to make their escape from this place. And I think at this point, it's time to roll on our vow because I think our result on fulfill an iron vow is going to tell us how the escape goes, whether they come across some other challenges. So when you reach the end of your quest, roll the challenge dice and compare to your progress. So we have eight progress, roll our 2d10s, see what happens. All right, so we've got a nine on one of the challenge dice and a five on the other challenge dice. So that is a weak hit as above, but there is more to be done or you realize the truth of your quest. If you swear an iron vow to set things right, take your full legacy reward. Otherwise, make the legacy reward one rank lower. So it's a, a dangerous rank, which 
would mean that we would take two ticks on our quests legacy track. If we downgrade it to a troublesome, it's one tick. Okay, I think I know what it is. So let's envision it. We see the docking bay on Scirocco Station. It's not as bustling as it might normally be. There are a few cargo ships that have recently landed, including the disguised freighter that the Syndicate of Infinite Raven strike team smuggled in on. Kiana Arden is standing at the entryway with her two freed saboteurs looking out at the docking bay. Normally, she would be ushering them across the open bay towards their ship. But now she is standing there with a frown etched on her features as an Azure Court shuttle is in the process of landing. And a number of Azure Court soldiers have cordoned off the area. Kiana Arden turns to the two saboteurs and says, There's been a change of plans. You two have to get lost in the station. Don't let yourselves be caught again. There's a comm block on the lab where your friends are, but I'm going to deactivate that. Contact your people. Let Havoc know to get out the other way. The two saboteurs look at her and one of them says, I don't understand. Who's on that shuttle? Arden grits her teeth and says, The Azure King has come for a visit. I suspect he wants to know about his new little weapon. They're not going to let any ships leave while the Azure King is here. So find your people and get out the alternate way. Now go. They look at her, turn, and disappear back through the doorway, back into the hallways on Skoroko Station. And Kiana Arden walks over to a comm panel and ties into station security and lifts the communication ban on the lab. She hears the distinctive hiss of the shuttle settling down and the docking port opening. She smooths her clothes and turns and makes her way to greet the Azure King. In the Radiant Council Lab, Wolf and the others are heading towards the main exit out of the lab when Quickdraw's comm goes off and he says, Everybody hold up. It's our other team. They have to have a good reason for contacting us right now. He activates the comm and goes, Quick here. What's going on? Over the comm, the two saboteurs share what Kiana Arden said. Wolf's stomach clenches and drops as she hears those words. The Azure King is here. Operative Arden told us to tell you to get out the alternate way. And Wolf remembers telling her about potentially calling in the Dead Reckoning to the Radiant Council airlock to get them out directly. And so Quick turns to her and says, 
Well, Havoc, looks like it's time for plan B. Wolf feels awful. So she opens her own comm and sends out that tight beam message that she's had waiting. We're here. We need you. Come quickly. There's no time at all before Val's voice comes through her own comm and says, Wolf, message received. We will be with you shortly. She turns back to Quick and the others and says, All right, let's head to the airlock. And they do. They make their way back deeper into the lab, back towards the airlock through which they came originally. And they're there waiting. Minutes pass. And Wolf knows that the Dead Reckoning was not far off. That Val and Raven brought the Dead Reckoning down into the planet's atmosphere and has been waiting for them, hiding out amidst the random energy signatures in the planet. It'll only take a matter of moments for the Dead Reckoning to arrive, but because there's an Azure Court destroyer here, there will be no chance for them to hang out and wait. They're going to have to make this transfer quickly and then get out. And so while they're waiting, Wolf comes to a decision. She's done it once before. And it led to years of pain. And so she's not going to do it again. When the dead reckoning arrives and seals on to the Radiant Council docking bay, Fidget overrides the security protocols so that they can create a clean connection. And the airlock door opens. And there's the ship. Their escape. Their way off Skoroko Station. And the scientists board the ship. The syndicate soldiers board the ship. Wolf and Quickdraw are the last two on the station. Quickdraw says, Let's get out of here. Wolf nods to the open hatch and says, You go on ahead. I've got some unfinished business on the station. He looks back at her and he says, Are you crazy? If they catch you, they will kill you. She nods and says, I know, but I made a promise to my friend that I wouldn't leave her behind. And I'm not going to break that promise. I've broken enough oaths in my life. This is one I'm going to keep. Quickdraw sees her determination and knows that he doesn't have time to argue. So he just nods and says, <laughs> You're a good one, Havoc. Glad to have had you on my side for little time we've had. Listen, if I can make it work, I'll come back and I'll help you out. But just know, I'm expecting you to keep yourself alive. Wolf nods and says, I'll do my best to keep the others alive too. Yeah, they'll be all right. They know how to go to ground. It's you I'm worried about. You have a tendency to be loud. Make yourself known. It's not a good way to stay alive in this forge, Havoc. Wolf smiles and says, Get out of here, Quickdraw. Keep them safe. 
keep them away from the Azure Court. <laughs> no problem there. Good luck to you. And he taps his forehead in a salute and then disappears through the airlock. Wolf reaches out and presses the button, sealing the door. Over her calm, Val says, Wolf, my scans detect you are still on the station. Why have you sealed the airlock? Wolf says, I've got unfinished business here, Val. Please tell Raven to get them to safety. I'll be all right. Don't worry. I have a friend on the station. I have to help her. There's a hair's breadth of silence longer than would be normal for an AI. And then Val says, Good luck, Wolf. If you need us, let us know. Wolf smiles and says, Thanks, Val. I will. Now get out of here. The dead reckoning detaches from Skoroko Station as fighters are already being scrambled off the Azure Court destroyer. Wolf turns away from the airlock and heads back through the hallways towards the main entrance, shedding the EV suit that she's been wearing. Underneath, she has those nondescript clothes of a crew from a star freighter. She hides her laser pistol. She hides the hilt of Deathmaker on her person, and she reaches the exit to the lab. And then she slips out onto Skoroko Station and begins looking for her friend, Kiana Arden. So we're going to take the full two ticks on our vow as we clear that. And we are going to swear a new vow, which is get Kiana Arden off Skoroko Station. And I think that that is going to be a formidable vow. And the reason I say that is because the Azure Court are going to know that a ship has attached and escaped with these scientists. And it is going to be all that much harder with the Azure King here to get to Arden and to help her escape from the Azure Court. So we're going to call it formidable, and we're going to swear an iron vow. When you swear upon iron to complete a quest, write your vow and give it a rank. Then roll plus heart. If you swear this vow to a connection, add plus one. If you share a bond, add plus two. Now, I think it was last episode that I talked about whether or not Kiana Arden and Alexis Wolf shared a bond. And I decided to kind of leave it vague at the time because it didn't really have a mechanical impact. But obviously right now it has a pretty big mechanical impact. And so I'm not sure it's entirely fitting within the rules to just give myself a bond to a character. But I think if there's a character that I could just go ahead and give myself a bond to, it would be Kiana Arden. Based off of her relationship with Wolf, based off of their history, based off of everything that has happened in the last two episodes, I think that they share a bond. 
And so I'm not going to mark anything on my Bonds legacy track. So I'm not going to give myself any rewards for having formed a bond. I'm going to say that that bond existed beforehand and has now been rekindled between them. So I'm going to roll this Swear and Iron Vow plus three because it's plus two if they have a bond and my heart is one. Eight for the action score, a one and a three on the challenge dice for a strong hit. You are emboldened, and it is clear what you must do next. Take plus two momentum. So, let's envision this. Wolf leaves the Radiant Council Lab and is making her way through the station. She heads to the lifts, and she heads down to the main concourse. It's there that she finds a procession of Azure Court soldiers, including Kiana Arden, and at the center of which stands the Azure King. The residents of Skoroko Station are gathered here, and so Wolf slips into the crowd and blends in. The Azure King and his retinue pass by. There's silence in this concourse as the phantoms of the Azure Court make their way towards the lifts, towards the Radiant Council lab. The Azure King does not look pleased, and behind him, operative Kiana Arden has her head slightly bowed. There's a moment as they're passing by that she slows just a hair's breadth and turns and looks into the crowd. And it's at that moment that her eyes meet Wolf's. And Wolf offers the barest of nods. And for a heartbeat, Wolf sees relief flash across Kiana Arden's face. There's the slightest imperceptible smile at the corner of her lips. And as the two share this brief moment of contact, Kiana Arden nods back. And Wolf is relieved to know that her friend, this person that she has found once again after so long, knows that Wolf has kept her vow and has not left her behind. Thanks for listening to Errant Adventures, and thanks so much to Sirenscape for the lovely ambient sounds and music throughout the episode. If you enjoyed the show, please spread the word. And if you want to support the show directly, leave me a review or buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com slash errantadventures. If you want to interact with me, I'm at errantsolopod on Twitter and Instagram, or you can email me at errantsolopod at gmail.com. I also post campaign-related materials on my website, errantadventurespod.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.